I believe that I'm looking at a part of that New Testament church tonight that's rising up. Amen. Is that your testimony? Is that who you are? You know, we look around and so many people want to put things off in the past and the miracles off in the past and the testimonies off in the past. But as we said, those testimonies are just to let us know what he wants to do today. Those testimonies are what he can do in your life tonight. And I believe that with, with my whole heart. And I'm, I'm so thankful to be a part of that New Testament church. Amen. Amen. I love the, the worship unto the Lord. I love what our brother said. You know, he, he had angels that could worship him perfectly. But he loves that when his redeemed worship him. When, when, when you come together and make a sacrifice of praise. Amen. And we're thankful for, to the Lord for what he did last night and how he spoke. But, but we're looking for him to speak once again tonight. Amen. How many can be honest before God and say, Lord, I have a need, Lord, in my life. I know I need more of you tonight. And I believe that each and every one of us can say that. So before we go to the word, and let's just go ahead and bow our heads and speak to the author of it tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, how we love you, Lord, and how, how grateful, how thankful we are, Lord, as we sit here and look at this gathering of young people. Lord, most of them from right here, but many visitors in our midst as well. And Lord, we're just reminded once again how little we are, Lord, as we stand before this group of people, recognizing that there's nothing that we could say, Lord, Lord, that would help them. But Lord, in this dark hour, it takes you and we're just asking you to come and speak and you to come and encourage and, and you, Lord God, to, to issue forth the, Lord, the, the challenge that we need to meet another day and give us the strength we need to meet that challenge, Father. Lord, I ask you to come and take over this vessel now and speak. Lord, that you would have freedom, Lord, in my life right now to, to move me out the way, Lord, and allow you to take control and speak to each and every need. As Lord, as our brother said last night, only you can take one sermon and speak to a hundred needs in a hundred different ways. And Lord, I pray you'll do that tonight. Lord, as we set ourselves aside and our thinking aside now and just, Lord, let you take control. I pray you'll bless the word as we read it. And all the words that are spoken, Lord, that you'll shut my mouth in any place you don't want me to speak, Lord. And just allow me the freedom to speak plainly where you'd have me to speak. Lord, just take control. Now bless every heart that's gathered. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Wonderful singing tonight. If you have your Bibles with you, when we want to get straight into the word and look to the book of Jude, the first chapter. Jude, the first chapter in the third verse. And pray tonight our, our desire tonight is just to encourage you and, and strengthen you in the Lord that something would be said that would help us to press the battle for another day and, and recognize our position and what we're called to be in this hour amen Jude 1 and verse 3 we're just gonna read one verse there and it says beloved when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And then also I want to read one verse out of Psalms, the 60th chapter, Psalm 60 and verse 4. And it says, Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth. Selah. Amen. I pray that the Lord will add his blessings to the reading of this word as you have your seats. Amen. I'd like to speak to you tonight for, for, a, little, for a little while on, on the topic of raising the standard. Raising the standard. Brother Branham says, and, and as we read this quote, I want you to just take each and every portion of it 
and, and apply it to yourself and, and, and think about yourself and think about this, these young people and how that we can take this. There's so much he says here. He says, God grant it tonight. Everything has went by. May that still small voice attract the people tonight to a real sanctified life. A life that'll stand by their God, that'll stand by their church, that'll stand by their pastor, that'll stand by the cause of Christ, that'll hold up a banner, that'll live, act, dress, go and associate and live in the environment that'll be so salty that it'll cause others to thirst to be like them. Amen. Early on, we see there in the, in the book of Jude, early on that, that Jude is having to write and to encourage the believers to contend for the faith which was once delivered. And if you look into the dates, this is literally only a few years removed from the original outpouring there of the baptism of the Holy Ghost there, there in the upper room at, at Pentecost. And already what they had been given is already under attack. And I want you to know that there has been a word revealed in this day and restored back to the original. And yet I want you to know that it's under attack. And the devil would love nothing more than to take from you what God has given you, what is rightfully yours. But tonight somebody is called to raise the standard. There is a group of people called to stand and defend what has been returned to you and make sure that no man takes that away from you. You understand? It is yours. You can have it. You can have exactly what they had in the book of Acts you can have exactly what your parents got what your grandparents got brother Branham taught us that every generation has an opportunity at revival so let no man steal your revival it is for you to have but you're gonna have to be willing to fight for it you're gonna have to be willing to go to battle and what Jude is talking about here is that men had already crept in and began changing ideas and saying what they needed and didn't need and how they could act and how they couldn't worship. And that's always the problem once man gets involved, once man gets his ideas in it. And, but, but we have something we, have a, we can look to. It's a standard, and this is our standard that we look to. We know what the Holy Ghost does. We know how the Holy Ghost acts. We know the life that the Holy Ghost will cause you to live, and we can look to that tonight as our standard and man began to come in and, and change things and begin to rob what it was that belonged to the people and Jude is calling on people here in this moment he's calling them to contend He's saying, you're going to have to fight for what was once given. In other words, it's already changing, but if you want it the way it was originally, you're going to have to contend for it. You're going to have to fight for it. And he's saying, it's up to you. He says, brothers, earnestly contend. This isn't going to be an easy battle. This isn't going to be something like, well, it's mine. He's saying that you're going to have to be earnest about it. You're going to have to take hold of it. You're going to have to be willing to stand. And today there is another call that has gone out saying, was well, there someone in this day that will stand for the truth? Yes, a messenger came. Yes, the seals were broken off. Yes, the word is available to you. But are you willing to contend for it? Are you willing to stand for it? Are you willing to be one that's not ashamed to say, I've had my heart turned back to the original. I'm going to stand. Stand on it because I know this is what's going to take us in a rapture. And I will let no man rob it from me. I will let no cold 
formal worship come in and take over our services. But we're going to be on fire for God. This bride will by no means be a lukewarm bride. She'll be on fire. She'll be going forward as onward Christian soldier. But somebody's got to stand and contend for it in this day. Hallelujah. Someone who will fight for the truth that has been restored back. And not only defend, but to take steps to take more. Not only defend what you've already taken, but to take steps to take all that God has given us in this day. And as I think about the ranks of the people that we might would refer to as message believers, and I, and I think of our youth, and I, I think of each and every one of us, we have an obligation an obligation to fight and to defend what God has to fight for and defend what God has done in this day. And not just in the sense of defending the message. The message does a good job of defending itself because it's truth. But also but defending what God has done for us personally. Defending our experience, defending our rights, what it is that God has done for us, and not allow the devil to come in and rob what God has given you. Because young people, God has given you more than we could ever stand here and say. He has delivered us. He has healed us. He has given us salvation. He has given us the Holy Ghost. He has brought us from place to victory, to victory, to victory. And yet if you allow, the devil will come in and, and give you a woe is me. And I'm a failure and I haven't done much. But you got to look back to each and every victory. And every time you have a victory, young people, drive down a stake right there. Drive down a stake right there. And don't ever go behind that stake ever again. You you may struggle to go forward but after that step put down another stake and then after that step put down another stake and never go beyond that last stake never back off your testimony never begin to speak what the devil says but I am a son of God I am blood bought I am blood washed I do have the Holy Ghost I am an overcomer let that be your testimony from this day forward and defend what God has given you as individuals, we have to be fortified and make sure we stay behind and, and stay clothed in the whole armor of the word. Tucked away behind his word. And we have to, not just for us, but even as we spoke last night, rebuild the walls around our families. Rebuild the walls around our loved ones and, and, and push back to the landmarks that many have been driven away from. Things that are promised there in the word that, that people haven't, haven't reached to in so long. we got to begin to push back and take back the land that belongs to us in this day. Use the word to rebuild areas in our life that maybe they're, they're weaker than other areas. We all have strengths and weaknesses. Fortify your weaknesses in the word. Focus on those things and fortify them and, and build up areas that maybe you have neglected. Many times we have neglected areas in our life and we need to find those areas and cover them with the Holy Ghost. Keep them covered in the word. Don't allow yourself and your weaknesses to be exposed to the enemy. Build those areas back up and we must take time to nurture our experience into true relationship. Think about that. We believe and we teach an experience. You must have the experience of meeting God for yourself. But then we have to nurture that experience into relationship because if it's a one-time experience, then you don't have relationship. 
If I meet you one time and then I never speak to you again, I never commune with you again, I never talk to you, we don't call, we don't text, we don't visit, we don't have a relationship. Even though we had an encounter. But I will tell you, once you encounter this pillar of fire, you will want to have a relationship with it. It is something that you will want more of and more of and more of. Listen, if you don't have a desire for more, I question whether you ever encountered it to begin with. Because once you come into the presence of this pillar of fire, your heart will yearn for more. Amen. Hallelujah. Our experience isn't to be a, a one and done thing, but we are to walk with him daily. Going from experience to experience, ever growing, ever changing, ever contending, ever being willing to be molded, continually putting this stone upon this stone and this stone upon this stone and allow, allowing God to mold out this weakness, allowing God to strengthen us in this area and allowing him to change us in that area, never getting to the place to where we feel like we've arrived. I'm there. I'm a message believer. I met God. I'm good. That's not a place you want to get into, young people. But praying, Lord, shake me again tonight. Lord, shake me to my very core once again tonight. Lord, show me where I need you tonight. Because every one of us have need of him. But Lord, show me where it is. Show me where I need to grow. Show me what you're trying to tell. Pour out yourself more into my life, Lord Jesus. Prophet of God would say it like this. He says, God, we're not so anxious tonight to see the building shook. Now, listen, I love it when the power of God sweeps, sweeps through a place and it almost feels like you can feel the building breathing. It's just so alive with the power of God. But listen, we're not so interested or anxious tonight to see the building shook, but we would like for you to shake us, Lord. Shake our understanding, shake our being, our emotion. Our hearts of understanding that we might leave here tonight more determined than ever to serve you. That we might feel the presence of a new fresh Pentecost. Of a Holy Spirit pouring out upon us a fresh and a new like down in these woods and hills in Arkansas 50 years ago. When the forefathers come through here in horses and wagons preaching this gospel. Dear Lord may we the bearers of this great worthy cause that you sent through here. May we not be ashamed of this great thing. But may we walk in the footsteps of those who went before us Lord packing the banner of the Lord Jesus. Raising the standard, packing the banner of the Lord Jesus. We've got to come to the place, young people, to where we are solid, yet seeking. To where we're solid, yet seeking. To where we are examples, and yet teachable. To where we are leaders, and yet we're willing to be changed. To the, to the place to where, listen, that these two things are not exclusive. You can be a solid Christian who recognizes I need more of God. 
You can be a leader who recognizes I need to be molded. You can be a godly, overcoming Christian and need more from God. As a matter of fact, that's exactly where you should be at tonight. Lord, I'm saved. I'm sealed. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. But Lord, I need more of you tonight. Pour out more of yourself in my life tonight. I can't go another day without more of you. Yes, I'm overcoming. Yes, I'm walking in victory. And yet I need more of you tonight, Lord. But see, this is where the devil comes in and he begins to try to rob you. When we acknowledge our need of more of God, then he says, yep, see, you didn't have it. Yep, see, you didn't have what you thought you had. But that's not the truth. There, is an, there has to be an acknowledgement. And he comes in and points to your weaknesses. Listen, don't ever let him rob your praise because of your failures. Don't let him rob your praise because of your failures. He points to your weaknesses. He points to your failures. He accuses you day and night. That's what he does. He's the accuser of the brethren. He accuses you and he points out your flaws. Brother Aaron, you don't know the, 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 what he says about me. Listen, I do because he says the same things about me. He tells me the same lies he's telling you. He comes and he tells you, you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. You, listen, he wouldn't be telling you those things if he had you. But he's telling you those things because he don't have you. And he's trying to get you to stop. You are an overcomer. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. That's who you are tonight. Quit listening to the devil when he speaks. And definitely don't give voice to the devil's thoughts. Amen. He comes in and he accuses you. And that's not the time, young people, to back off the promise. That's not the time to say, well, you know what? You're right. Yeah, I've been having these struggles. I've been having these issues. I've been having those battles. But those are the times that I like to point him to the victories in my life. Those are the moments that I like to point him to Calvary. That's when I point to him to a changed life, to a changed attitude, to my victories. I point him to where I defeated you here. I defeated you there. I defeated you on this point. I'm overcoming in this area. I'm overcoming in this area. So you just keep running your mouth, but I'm overcoming. I'm gaining ground. I'm attaining victories. Hallelujah. Point him to the victories in your life. Point him to the overcoming in your life. And quit focusing on what he points you to. Point him to a changed life. You know there's been changes in your heart. You know there's new desires. Point him to that. Point the enemy there. And yet that doesn't mean that I don't need more. That doesn't mean that I don't recognize that, that, that the Lord's still working on me. That I have walls that I need to build up. That there is areas in my life that I need to mature in. It's okay to recognize those things and hold to your testimony. Hold to where you're, where you're standing. What I know, young people, is that I'm not finished. I'm not perfect. But I know that he is the author and the finisher. I know that the one that started the work in your life is going to finish the work in your life. The devil comes and he says, oh, you're not going to progress. You're not going to make it. I would like to remind him, devil, I didn't start this work. I'm not the one that did this, but something drew me, something called me, something pulled me. There's a seed gene of God down on the inside, and he that has started this work is going to finish it. Listen, it wasn't just about coming out of Egypt. There was a coming out, but there was also a going in. And I'm telling you, we hadn't just come out to wander and die in the desert, but we've been called out to go through and go in. Wherever you're at tonight, keep walking. The promised land is just in sight. Oh, but there's trials, there's hunger, there's tribulation. 
Egyptians, they're serpents. Keep walking. The promised land is just in sight. Don't give up. You're called to it. You're called for it. You're chosen. You are the people that's going to see the rapture in this day. Hallelujah. I need more, God. I need a greater experience, God. But I'm praising you for what you've already done for me, God. Hallelujah. Amen. Why does he want to put it off? Why does he want to put you down? Why does he want to put you to these things? Because who is it that's going to be the final serpent bruisers? Who is it that's going to be the last ones, the final voice to the final age to stomp this serpent underneath their feet? Who is going to be the last one standing here in Satan's Eden ruining his perfect Eden? It's you. You're who it is. And he's trying to keep you from, from coming to that. So, so do not allow your eyes to get caught on your shortcomings. Because church, we have them. I have them. How many of you have shortcomings? Yes, sir. And it does us no good to stand here and point them out and focus on them and let that be. But tonight I want to point you back to the blood. I want to point you back to what the word says you are. We spend so much time on what the devil says we are. But the word has spoken about what we are. He says, I will have a church without spot or wrinkle. Listen, I don't know how he's going to do it. I look at my own life and I go, I feel like I alone messed that scripture up. I feel like I alone messed that up, but I'm not the one who made the promise. I'm not the one who's got to get us out of here. I'm not the one who says I'm going to have it without spot or wrinkle. He said it. So if he said it, it's up to him to fulfill it. So just turn your eyes on him. Turn your eyes on his promise tonight. Raise the standard and say, this is what I'm looking to. This is what I'm holding to. These are my promises tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are called in this day to be defenders of the landmarks. You are called to be standard bearers in this battle. Listen, I look to you with great admiration. Yes, you, the young people of this message in this dark day. Look, I faced many things in my day. Brother Daryl faced a lot of things. Brother Joe, Brother Robert, we ain't faced the things you had to face. Not in the way that you've had to face them. I look to you with great admiration. You are a people of courage. You are people worthy of being looked up to. You don't understand my struggles. You don't understand what I'm going through. Sure, you know why you're going through those things? Well, it's because I'm not a Christian. No, it's because you're in a battle and you're fighting, but you're still standing. You're still here. You're a standard bearer. You're in the battle. You are to be admired. You are to be lifted up. I thank God for your testimony. I thank God that you're in the battle with me. Hallelujah. You are the overcomers of this wicked age. You are called to raise the standard. Quit being afraid of your testimony. Don't be afraid of your testimony. Well, I'm not there yet, Brother Aaron. I got flaws and I got thoughts and I got struggles. Get, get, get in line. That's where we all stand tonight. That's where we all are tonight. Listen, quit testifying of your weaknesses. Sure, listen, let's deal with them. Let's find deliverance. Let's quit wallowing in them and talking about it. Well, I've got this and I've got this. First of all, quit claiming it. How many people, well, my depression, well, my anxiety. No, no, no. 
Well, that's not who you are. That is not yours. That belongs to the devil. You put it right back on him. It ain't your pet. Quit petting it. Kill the thing. Cut its head off. Get it away from you. It's not mine. It came from hell. It can go right back to hell. I will not claim those things. What am I? I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm bought with a price. I'm an overcomer. I'm called in this day to raise the standard. That's who I am. That's what I will be. That's what I'm marching towards today. Hallelujah. That is the testimony of this church. Defend your experience. Defend who you are. Contend for what God has done for you. You're still here. Many of you, the devil's told you're not going to make it. You're going to quit. You're going to give up. And he's been telling you that forever and ever and ever. And I'd like to just look at him and say, devil, I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm still in the battle. I haven't quit yet. I'm not going to quit tomorrow. But when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to fight you. And when I wake up the next day, I'm going to fight you. And I'm going to stand. And I'm not going to back up one inch off of one promise, off of one thing. I'm called. I'm chosen. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking to you tonight. It's your message. It's your testimony. Contend for it. It's who you are. Hallelujah. In the greatest fight ever fought, you're still standing. How dare the devil come and try to belittle what you've done? Belittle your testimony. You're a people to be commended and admired and looked to. You're still standing in the championship rounds. Think about it. A lot of people can get in the ring and fight for a round. A lot of people can stay through the first few rounds, but there's something called the championship rounds. It's where you're still standing at the very end. You're still standing. And the devil's thrown every punch he can throw. He's hit you with everything he's got. Surely they're about to go down. Surely they're about to go down. But our trainer says, you got another round in you. You got another round in you. And the devil's looking. Oh, they're going to quit. They're going to quit and the bell rings. Ding, ding. And somebody stands up out the corner and says, I'm answering the bell. I'm here for another round. I'm here to stand toe-to-toe with the enemy. That's you tonight. You are in the championship rounds, and I believe that the enemy, I believe with all my heart, is on the verge of going down. We're about to deliver the knockout blow. The rapture of the church is just at hand. You can feel time and eternity beginning to blend. You see it all around us. As a, listen, you can see the evil blending in from that, from that other dimension. Brother Branham says we talk so much about how bad the world's getting and how evil the world's getting. He says, yet we fail to see how strong the church is getting all the time. I'm telling you, you're stronger than the devil's been telling you. You're stronger than he's been saying. But if you look to the word, if you'll feed on the word, you'll find that you're a mighty army. You're an invincible army. That you're overcomers. That you are the victors in this day. It's time to look back to the standard. Hallelujah. What did the chief captain think of you? He thought so much of you that he's called you to be a standard bearer in this day. Someone who would carry the standard. Someone who would see this thing through to the end. Someone who would lift up the word of God in the most evil day that's ever been. He chose you. Prophet says like this, he says, but in every generation, God has always had his agents. It's got down sometimes to merely one, but God always had somebody in every generation that he could lay his finger on. Some people that he could put his finger on and say, this is my people. 
and they'll do as I tell them to do. He looks around, he says, I need a young people who won't bow down to the pressures of the age. I need believers who will proclaim the truths of the word. I need somebody in the worst conditions that's ever been that will be willing to stand and willing to fight when they're completely surrounded. When there's absolutely no hope, when there's absolutely total darkness, when others are caving to the pressures of the age, when others are turning and walking away, when others is going to quit, who's he going to pick? The all-knowing God looks down through time and could have picked anyone. Could have placed anybody here knowing all things, knowing who could take it. He said, who are my very best? Who can I trust? Who am I going to let run the last leg? Maybe in, in carnal terms, who are my Navy SEALs? Who are my Army Rangers? Who's the ones that I can send in for the final battle? And he looks all down through eternity and he says, I choose you. I choose you. Oh, that's a little different from what the devil's been telling you. God looked at you and you said, I'm the, you're the very best I've got. You're the ones I'm going to hand the baton to for the close of the race. You're the ones I've got faith that I know will stand, that I know will contend. And he looks down through the ages and the devil says, you're no good. You're nobody. You're worthless. And God says, I choose you. I choose you tonight. It's time that we begin to echo the testimony of our God and say, he chose me. He chose me. He chose me for this age. And I'm not going to let the standard fall. It's not going to go to the ground in my day. But I'm going to raise it up. He chose me. Hallelujah. Who can I give the colors to for the final charge into eternity? Think about that responsibility. But think about the confidence that he has in you. Hallelujah. Sure, there's people falling away. There's people letting down the standards. People are allowing ancient landmarks to be moved, allowing ancient landmarks to be overrun. People sit by with breaches in the wall. They don't rebuild the wall. They don't repair it. They, they see breaches in the wall, holes in the wall, and they just, they just leave them uncared for. And, and the gaps in the walls through the years have allowed the standards to go out and then be replaced by the ideas of man. You see, not only to do broken down walls allow the enemy in, but it allow things out. Notice it's hard for the evil to get in if the standard is there. The evil can't get in if it's filled with the standard. But when standards go out, evils come in. Who's going to build the wall? Who's going to get back on the wall? That's our first instinct. I mean, somebody, somebody, probably Brother Joe, that's, that's trained. Probably, probably some preachers. Sure, we have our part. Well, probably the great singers and the deacons, man. That, who's going to rebuild the wall? You. You're going to do it. But you don't understand, brother. And I'm just a young person. What can I do? I'm just a young person. Let's look at Nehemiah 3.28. I love this. He says, from above the horse gate repaired the priest, everyone over against his house. After them repaired Zadok, the son of Emmer, over against his house. After him repaired also Shemaiah, the son of Shekaniah, the keeper of the east gate. In verse 30, after him repaired Hananiah, the son of Shelemiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zalath, another piece. 
after him repaired Meshulam, the son of Barakiah, sorry, over against his chamber. Now notice, down through every one of these verses, it said the son of, the son of, the son of, and then it gets to verse 30, and it says the sixth son. It's very specific here. It didn't matter that the five elder brothers didn't want to put their hand to the work. It didn't matter that the five older ones didn't want to do it. It didn't matter that they were okay with gaps in the wall. It didn't matter that the five older ones were okay with cold formal worship in the church. It didn't matter if the old head sat on their hands when the worship went forth. Oh, come on, it's okay. It didn't matter. The young one, the young person said, hey, it's okay. I see something that needs to be done. I'll step up. I'll build. I'll fill it in. I'll worship God when the service is going on. I'll create an atmosphere. I don't care if you do. I don't care if you do. I don't care if you do. But I'll create an atmosphere. I'll worship my king. I'll worship my God. I got a part to play. I may be the sixth son. I may be 12, 13, 14. But I can do my part to rebuild the wall to create an atmosphere where others receive the Holy Ghost where others get blessed I'm going to hold up a standard you have a part to play I'll uphold the standards it doesn't matter how young I am I'll do it others may not put their hands to the work listen let no man despise thy youth don't worry about if you're 12, 15, 16 you have just as much a part to play in the services here as anyone. As a matter of fact, I can only speak for my church, but I'll say when our youth are gone to like a youth camp or something, it's sad. The worship service is just different. You want to be careful. You don't want to be disrespectful to the elders and such. I'm just saying. When they're gone, we know it. You have a huge part to play. Well, what can I do? I'm not a preacher. You are the creator of atmospheres. You have the opportunity to welcome the king of kings into this place as he's moving through this sanctuary and do your part. Listen, I think about Lazarus and when he was raised from the tomb and Jesus told them, that the sisters, to go roll the stone away. He could have easily just rolled it away. Listen, it may not be your service. It may not be the day that you're risen from the dead. You may be feeling just fine. You may be where you need to be. But somebody's got to be willing to push on the stone. Because that dead person sitting next to you, it may be their day to be raised. It may be their day to be delivered. And somebody's got to be willing to go, hey, I don't care if anybody notices. I don't care if I get an award. That ain't what it's about. But I'm going to push on this stone. I'm going to worship. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to make sure that if somebody needs something from God today, there's no hindrance between them. There's no atmosphere of cold formalness. But in here, our God can move. He can deliver. I'm going to roll the stones away for my brother and sister. There's a part you can play. This quote says, his five elder brothers, it seems, laid not their hand to the work. But he did. In doing that which is good, we don't have to wait to see our elders go before us. You don't got to wait to see if mama worships. You can worship. If mama won't leave and daddy don't have family altar, you can have family altar. You can do what is good. 
It says if they decline it, it doesn't mean we have to. Thus the younger brother, if he be the better man and, do, and does God and his generation better service, is indeed the better gentleman. You can tell this was written in the 1800s. Those are most honorable that are most useful. Listen, they can turn things down. They don't have to take it all. But there is a generation of people who's going to take everything. That's going to claim everything that God has, has given them. Listen, the older ones wouldn't kill Goliath, Brother Joe. The older ones hid in their tent. The older ones just said, you know, I'll be careful. The older ones sat there all day in their tent comparing quotes. I decided not to be careful. Just all day comparing quotes and, and comparing this and what's this mean and what's that mean. And the whole time there was a giant out there taking their property. There was a giant out there robbing their joy. There was a giant out there saying you can't have your kids back. You can't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can't have the gifts moving in the service. You can't have freedom of worship. Well, this quote says, is he still out there? Yep, let's look up some more. But there was a young person. Brother Branham said, I love the way he said it. He said, his boast fell on the wrong set of ears. And I'm telling you, there may be others that want to go around and around the mountain. There may be others that just want to read quotes and read quotes. And I love quotes as much as everybody else. But there's a generation of people that says, I'm going to take that quote. And I'm going to put it in action. And I'm going to put it in my slingshot. And I'm going to go out there to this giant that's been robbing my joy. Robbing my peace. Robbing my freedom. And I'm going out there to take his head off. I'm taking the land. I'm taking the rapture. That's my valley. That's my property. And I will no longer sit by in the tent and let him march around on the promises of God. But there is a young people today saying that's mine get off my land get off my property oh come on there's a lot of people got the got the rock in the sling and they've done this too long it's time to turn it loose today let the rock go to its target let it take the giant in your life down hallelujah brother brown says no wonder christianity can't even lift up a standard he said, it's not because Christ is not able, but because people won't do it. He said, the message is ready. The power of God is sufficient. Men and women are scared to break out yonder into those spheres before God. And dare to trust him and take his word. There's a people called to trust him. To take his word and to hold up the standard of the word. Listen, you can't give an inch. You cannot be willing to give an inch. We're not called to be compromisers. We're not called to be blenders. We're called to be separators. We're called to be defenders. We can't expect to be victorious and continue to be wishy-washy about things. Every little bit of it matters. Every little bit of your property matters. I mean, think about it. Your dad gets up and the alarm goes off and he looks out in the backyard and there's an intruder out there sneaking around with a ski mask on. And he says, oh, y'all don't worry about it. He's just in the yard. He's, he's not even at the door. He's, Daddy's getting closer. Yeah, I'm not even sure his gun's loaded. Y'all just rest. Don't worry about it. That would be insanity. 
Why do we want to wait till he's inside the house? Why do you want to wait till he's taking, taking everything from you? Listen, you see him stick a foot on your property, it's time to deal with it right then. Sir, you have no right to be here. You have no rights in my life. Every right you ever had was stripped from you that day on Calvary. You've got to go. And if you don't go, I'm going to call the authority on you. You've got to get out of my life. Take your depression. Take your anxiety. Take your lies and your fears and get out of my life. This is my property. It's bought. It's paid for. The deed has been searched. It belongs to me. He has no rights. Deal with it right now. Because if you give an inch, you open yourself up to the bottomless pit. It is a bottomless pit. And when you give in to that, the world presents us a very dangerous situation. It's a very dangerous attitude of just be willing to compromise a little. Just be willing to say things a little softer. Just be willing to baby things a little bit for the sake of getting along. And once you give an inch, once you compromise a little bit, before you know it, you're completely overtaken. Listen, you should thank God that you have the opportunity to come to a place where a pastor is not afraid to speak the truth. Who isn't afraid of offending someone for the sake of, for the sake of truth. A place where truth is spoken and held up, where the standard is held high. That we're not going to back up. We're not going to cave to the pressures. We're not, we're not going to cave to, to, to the thought that we have to you know, not offend anyone. Listen, we're going to speak the truth. Amen. We are going to say the truth. I, I can't help if it hurts your feelings. There, there's the saying that, 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 that truth don't care about your feelings. The truth is just the truth. And I'm thankful for men of God that are still willing to stand and isn't afraid to say how it is and call right, right, and wrong, wrong. 1996, I'm fixing to date myself again. We had a president by the name of Bill Clinton. At the time, he was considered the liberal of liberals. Whew. He would almost be a conservative today. But he was considered the liberal of liberals. Like, man, this wasn't good. Bill Clinton is the president. Let me tell you how much things have changed. If you keep up with politics at all, I know you probably don't, but here's a quick lesson. Bill Clinton signed the Defense of Marriage Act, Brother Joe, saying that marriage was between a man and a woman. This was what the liberals were passing when I was your age. Marriage has to be between a man and a woman. And for years they cried, oh, we just want to be treated the same. Why do you? <laughs> we just want to be, we just want to love each other like everybody else. We don't want to bother nobody. You know, the liberal rallying cry, love, love, love. We just want to get married like everybody else and you won't hear from us anymore. See, what it was is there was a standard in their way. That kept them from being able to fully manifest the full extent of wickedness that was to come. It was the standard of marriage. They always want to move the standard. They, they want to overrun the landmarks. They want to make a mockery of anything that is an institution of God. So in 2015, more up to your speed. 
The Supreme Court overruled the Marriage Protection Act, giving these people the right to marry. And from that time on, has that been all they wanted? No. It's been a constant flood. From the pits of hell, a flood, an absolute unraveling of the standards of society that was once one nation under God. How far? I don't mean to gross you out, but I'm just going I'm to I'm give you some honesty right here. Here's where we're at as a society. There is now a movement to no longer use the term pedophile to describe those people who want sexual activity with children, Brother Joe. Because in using that term, you may offend them. I'm not making this up. In the academic world, especially in the liberal universities, there's a very big push to no longer use the word pedophile because it creates a negative stigma around them. We now are supposed to call them MAP. That's capital M, capital A, capital P, which stands for Minor Attracted Persons. I want you to let that settle for just a minute. Brother Aaron, why are y'all so hard on this? Why do you preach so hard against these things? Why do you preach against the, the worldly entertainment? Why do you preach? Why are you so hard? Why can't you just give a little bit? Why can't you just budge a little? Why is everything got to be so cut and dry? Because when you give a little bit, it opens you up to a bottomless pit to where the smoke of hell is coming out. Listen, young people, you don't want to give a little bit. You don't want to back up even a little, but raise the standards. I won't move. I won't bow. I won't break. That's not coming in my home. That's not coming for my children. No, sir. But we stand on the standards of the word of God. Whoever it may offend, whoever it may upset, there's a standard and I will raise it high. Hallelujah. You can't give even a little bit. Changing standards leads to no standards. We look to this one and that one. We think this is cool and that's cool. Or this movie star and this athlete. Everybody wants to match up with somebody or copy somebody. Brother Branham said, I don't care if my coat matches my trousers or my tie matches anything as long as my experience matches this word. You want to blend with something? You want to match something? You want to be like somebody? Find it right here. Make sure you match this. Make sure you line up to this. This is what matters, young people. This is what we must emulate. This is the standard that we must look to. We must begin to, we have to allow it to manifest in our lives. To where that word begins to take on flesh. To where you become that standard. To where it's no longer just on paper. It's no longer just books and tapes. It has to begin to take on a living form. A breathing form. A bride walking. Not a bride in books. But the standard begins to take on flesh. Because we're called to uphold the standard, the standard against sin. And if things need to be addressed, they get addressed. If things need to be preached on, they get preached on. Come on now, we're getting soft. We're getting to the place to where, oh, he's going to offend my kitty. He's going to hurt my little boy. He was preaching right to my family. 
Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Quit letting that standard be dropped. You can't be a standard bearer and be afraid of correction. Brother Brown says, judgment begins at the house of God. Here's where we are judged. And isn't it a pity that when we see that we're wrong and doing wrong thing, living wrong kind of life, associated wrong and everything, that we're not big enough to walk up and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm the one that's wrong. You're right and I'm wrong. And you forgive me and help me to do better next time. If we just be real about ourselves, but we don't. No, I'll tell you what we do is we decide, well, there's a church within driving distance. I get my feelings hurt here. I'm going to go over there. And then I get my feelings hurt there. And it's been long. It's been about a year since I got my feelings hurt over there. So I'm coming back where I used to be. And we turn into a bunch of church hoppers. I don't know why we're here, but here we are. And then we never learn to deal with adversity. We never learn to deal with correction. We never sit in a place long enough to change. And everybody's against us and everybody's hurting our feelings. And we run here and run there. Listen to me. The standard is that the house of God is the, is the beginning of instruction. It is the place of correction. When, when he comes, I say, Lord, if you got to step on my toes, step on them. If you got to hurt my feelings, hurt my feelings. Judge me here, Lord. Judge me now. But whatever it takes, I just want to be ready. I just want to be corrected. I don't want to stand before judgment there. Lord, if you got to preach a whole sermon on me. If you got to call my name. If you got to offend me. Whatever you got to do, Lord, I just want to be ready. Get our attitude to where we come and we don't always got to be preached happy. We don't always got to be able to hear things that make us excited. Sometimes we hear things that hurt. Sometimes there's things in our lives that ain't even sinful, but they need to be hit so you'll bring them back in balance. It's hard sometimes. But whatever, Lord, I want to receive my judgment here. Being a standard bearer, young people, comes with great responsibility. It also comes with great danger. Because the standard bearer in a battle, the one who carries the flag, they would sometimes call it carrying the colors, they're the ones that lead the charge. They have the colors of the flag in an, an ancient times it was called the standard or the banner and and it shows the other soldiers where we are it shows the other soldiers what ground we have taken it shows the other soldiers where we're standing at where we are fighting at some may have got hurt some may have got wounded some may have got disillusioned in the battle they're still our brothers and they have to be able to look around through the smoke and the fog and the hurt and the wounds. And they got to be able to find where's the standard. Where's the banner? Where's the battle raging? And they begin to look for the flag of their unit. It says, if in the course of a fight you were separated from your unit, one looked around until you saw the standard. And then you tried to get back as close to it as possible. The standard bearer in a battle is in the center of the front lines. So the following troops know where to go. But it also shows the enemy where to shoot. Every gun in hell is trained on you. But the Lord said, I've got confidence. Every gun in hell is trained in you. Listen, this isn't for the faint-hearted young people. 
This ain't for those that are going to turn and run when the bullets start flying. This ain't for the weak. That's why I called you. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand is that you're more courageous than you will ever realize. You know, most people will never realize how courageous they are until they have to be. And I'm telling you, we're at the point where there's no turning back. There's no running. You have to be. It is time that you have to stand. That's why he called you. When the bullets start flying, days of miracles is past. You don't have to get the Holy Ghost like that anymore. Are you going to turn and run? It don't matter what kind of clothes we wear. It don't matter what, what stuff you're watching and feeding on. It don't matter what kind of clips you're sending to your friends. We don't need all that emotion in the house of God anymore. We don't need all that worshiping and dancing and all that fanaticism. Somebody says, I ain't moving. I ain't backing up off what God has given me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take more. Matter of fact, I'm going to take another step. I know I can have it just like that. I know it matters. It's in the word. I know I can have an upper room experience. I know I can have that backside of the desert burning bush experience just like Moses had. I know I can have those things. I know I can have freedom to worship. I'm not backing up off of what God has given me. If it costs me friends, if it costs me popularity, I don't care. It matters. And I've called to raise a standard and say I'll stand right here no matter what I'm going to raise the standard of the whole gospel I'm going to display the truth of the whole gospel and as ministers we need to preach the whole gospel because the message preached exactly the way it was delivered will produce exactly what it promised to produce Think about it. So many times we water it down, leave off parts, and then act like it's the fault of the message that things didn't come out the way it said it would. You got to preach it the whole way. Brother Bram says, I believe there's got to be some kind of a standard that God will judge the church by or the world. There's got to be some standard. It cannot be the church organization because they differ. Who would know what to do? But there is a standard and that's his word. I believe that God watches over his word. I believe that the word is punctuated exactly the way God wants it. The Bible, it's God's word to the people. There's where reason, I believe in that word. And I believe the word is a seed. And if that seed is sowed in the right ground and watered by the Holy Spirit, it'll bring forth of its kind. Any promise that God made, God will do it. But not if we're only standing on half of it. He's going to bring forth what it is you're willing to stand for. And I want to encourage you once again that we have to stand for the whole thing. The entire thing. Back to our opening scripture, Psalm 64. Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth. Selah. It's got to be displayed so that you can rally to the colors. Rally to the truth when you've been wounded. Rally to the standard when you get separated. What is the standard, Brother Aaron? The standard is this word. And the word preached in its entirety will produce what it said it will produce. There will be Acts 2 experiences. Come on now. There will be dancing and shouting in the house of God. There will be the gifts that manifest. There will be healings in the house of God. And let's bring it on down. There will be overcoming lives to go along with that. Matter of fact, that's the most important thing. There will be those things if we 
we preach it, if we hold it, if we stand on it, there will be overcomers in this day saying, it works, the anchor holds, the token works, but you got to stand and say it's the truth and stand on that in this day. Quit changing the standards. Well, maybe we can let our young people do a little bit of this. Maybe a little bit of that. Maybe we shouldn't be so hard. I don't know. I'll let you tell me. But I believe I'm looking at a group of young people that like it preached just the way it is. That want the truth give to them because they say, I want to leave this world. I don't want to be crushed under the rubble. I want to take a rapture. Preach it to us true. Preach it to us straight. Tell us all of it. Don't leave off even a little bit. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to be associated with people that like it that way. There was a standard bearer in the Civil War in the time of battle when his company was charging up a hill against an enemy position and he was going ahead of the troops, charging up this hill that was going to be difficult to take. Listen, young people, in this last day, these last strongholds, they're going to be difficult to take. We're going to face some tough battles. You might as well just buckle down and prepare. And get ready to go into battle because it's coming. If you ain't in it now, it's coming. And he's leading this charge up this hill towards a fortified position. And he's carrying the flag. And the enemy fire is strong and the company is basically being shot to pieces. They're being torn to pieces, but the standard bearer is gaining ground. He's getting closer and he's separating himself further and further. And he's taking every little step. And the officer in charge, he deems the battle a lost cause. And he decides that the, the, this battle's too difficult and he wants to call his men back. There's too many of them officers in the pulpit. He says this was a little bit too hard. Maybe we need to back off this battle. So he calls the standard bearer and he orders him to bring back the flag. He says, come back. The standard bearer turns and looks at him and he says, I will not give up ground that I have gained. I will not return the standard. How about you and the men come up? I say we're not giving up any ground tonight. How about you bring the men up? How about you bring the men up to the standard of the word? We don't got to drop the standards to make people feel better. We don't got to give up what's been given to us. I say bring up the men. Bring up the troops. We can take the fortress. We can take the rapture. Oh, it's difficult. The battle's hard. But I'm not giving up ground. I'm not going back where I came from. I've come this far. Come on up. Come on up further. Take more ground tonight. Bring up the men. Rally to the standard. Hallelujah. What is the standard? Well, just accept God sent a prophet. I just make sure you're at church. Be a good boy. Be a good girl. No, the standard is you must be born again. The standard is you must be born again. You must have the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the real deal fire of God that fell on the day of Pentecost that fell in the upper room. It will fall again. It will fall for you. It said the promise is unto them and as many as them that are far off. Hey, it's been a long time since then, but here we are far off. And I'm saying, Lord, fall again. Fall in my life. Fall on my children. Fall in my home. I believe for it. That is the standard. You must be born again. We can't lower that standard. Just so we can say our little boy's doing good. We must be born again. And the results of that will be the same standard. It will be a victorious life. 
Hallelujah. Too much moving of the landmarks. Too much lowering of the standards instead of rising up to what the word declares. Brother Branham would say we got too many people preaching the gospel that ought to be cutting corn. <laughs> he said preaching a watered down head knowledge of a gospel. He says what we need is not juvenile delinquency, it's parent delinquency. It's because that the parents has neglected and then he takes it a step further and a whole lot of it is the way the church never preached it. What's the matter, brethren? Get back to the gospel. Preach old time holiness and get it into the church again. We must have a standard. Young people, I'm calling on you to raise the standard. I'm calling on you to raise. Listen, there is a standard of modesty. I say wave it proudly. There is a standard of Bible holiness. I say wave it proudly. We have standards of conversation that we are to have. Rise to that standard. There are standards of conduct. And I'll tell you one, there is a standard of worship. As a matter of fact, the standard is that it is to be in spirit and in truth. I say raise the standard for all of them to see. They may not want to worship with you in spirit and truth, but I say, hey, here's the standard. Here's how you do it. Here's how you praise the Lord when he begins to move through the house of God. Hey, listen, y'all about to show up to Louisiana Youth Camp. I'm going to challenge y'all a little bit. Y'all about to show up to Louisiana Youth Camp, and I love my young people, so I'm going to brag on them for a little bit. They love to worship. They love to create an atmosphere. As a matter of fact, the first year they rolled up to the Ohio camp on the bus, some of the people checking them in said, uh-oh, the holy rollers showed up. <laughs> they love to worship. I'm telling you, when you get down to Louisiana Youth Camp, I want you to raise a standard and say, hey, here at Word of Life, we ain't going to be out worshiped. We know how to worship. We know how to pull on the Word of God. We know how to raise the standard. We've been set free. We've been delivered. We know what we've got to thank Him for. I'm not ashamed to praise Him. You ain't going to shout us under a pew. We're going to raise a standard. This is how we worship. This is how we fight our battles. We know what to do when the King comes in. There's a shout of the King in the camp. We have a standard of worship. Somebody's going to raise that standard. We know how to enter in. We know what's to be done. It's not just a Louisiana thing. It's not just a grown-up thing. There's a standard of worship. We're not afraid to raise that standard high. Never take for granted the freedom you have to worship. Freedom's just like territory. That which is not defended is lost. That which is not defended is lost. I say worship with all you got. You worship with everything that's within you. Listen, others may not understand. Others may sit there quiet as the master passes by. It may not make much sense to them, for them but I say raise the standard for them to see. Raise the standard. I say praise him till the walls fall down. You know, they tried to tell Bartimaeus to be quiet. They would have rather him sit in church and stay blind and quiet. They may not understand why you shout. They may not understand why you dance. But they, didn't also, they also didn't go through the battles you went through. They hadn't gone through the wars you've gone through. Maybe if they saw the tears on your pillow at night. Maybe if they saw the chains of anxiety. Maybe if they saw the way you've been afflicted. They'd understand when you cried out. They 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm free. I'm delivered. They may not understand, but let them know I've got something to thank him for. Oh, hallelujah. If you've been set free of something, you got something to praise him for tonight. You've been delivered. you got a reason to praise him tonight. There is nobody that can praise the Lord like a young person who's walked out of the jail cell, who's been set free, who's been loose, who knows I was bound for hell, but now I'm saved, now I'm delivered, now I've got the Holy Ghost. There's nobody that can praise him like you can praise him. Raise the standard of praise in the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People want to sit back and criticize get out of the seat of the scornful had a young person tell me one time in prayer said this is the only place I don't hurt you want to rob them of their praise and their worship in a world that's trying to consume them in a world that's trying to destroy them, in a world full of pressure, and they step into the presence of Almighty God, you want them to just sit there and be quiet and put their worship back in a denominational box? I say be free in the house of God. You got something to praise Him about. You got something to worship Him about. Like no other people ever before, you are the people about to step from time into eternity, into a new body where no demon can ever torment you again. No fear can ever attack you again. You're right on the verge of it. And this people knows how to raise a standard of praise, raise a standard of worship. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Oh, we're about to close. We're about to bring this down because I do want to hit this point. I don't believe in being hypocritical in worship. If you got things in your life need to be dealt with and the Spirit of God needs to move, you need to run to the altar, not run the aisles. I believe that. I do believe we need to deal with sin. But I also believe that those that struggle the hardest and have the hardest battles and the hardest troubles, they worship the freest when they get a taste of victory. They let loose. So you're sitting there, well, I know the struggle they've been in. And look at that. What kind of attitude is that? It ought to be when you see them get loose, it ought to make you so happy that you get right there next to them and show them how it's done. Oh, this young person's been fighting. This young person's been battling. They've been drugged through the mud. The devil's attacked them. The devil's brought all kind of lies over them. But now they're free. Now they're loose. Now they're in the presence of Almighty God. Get right there with them and say, fill them, Lord. Make it eternal. Drop down in their hearts forever where they never have to go back. To it's not just a temporary shout and a temporary praise. But they can go into the Holy of Holies where it is forever and eternal. Hallelujah. Standard bears. You're called to charge towards the fight tonight. Called to lead the final charge of the ages. The final charge of the ages. Called to say in this last day we still believe this message is truth. We believe this word in its entirety. We will defend the landmarks. We will fight for our freedoms. Never be afraid of that standard. It's been placed in your hands with great responsibility for everyone to see. 
When others look around and they're wounded and they say, how can we overcome? How can I go another step? How can I keep going? How do I press on? They can point to the standard and say, right there. There they are. There's the young people of Word of Life. Look, they're taking new ground. There they go. They're going up the wall. I see the standards scaling the wall. I see them climbing up the final hill. Rally on the colors. Rally on the young people, Word of Life. Rally on the young people that are standing in the final day. Don't despise their youth. Rally behind them. They're leading the final charge. You are the ones leading us into the rapture. Jeremiah 50 and 2 says, Declare ye among the nations and publish and set up a standard. Publish and conceal not. Say, Babylon is taken. Baal is confounded. Mordach is broken in pieces. Her idols are confounded. Her images are broken in pieces. What's the standard saying? Publish it to the world. Laodicea that tried to conquer them has been conquered. Her idols that tried to bring them down, her lust, her pornography, the things of the world, they have been disbanded. They have been broken, raise the standard, publish it to the world. They're free, they're loose, they have overcome, they're marching on. Who's taking this rapture? You are. Raise the standard. It's yours to take. It's your moment. It's your time. Eternity awaits you. The final charge, the final moment. Take the banner, raise it high tonight go forward in victory nothing can hold you here this is your time hallelujah you can stand with me you've been called for this moment don't put it off don't wait this is the moment this is the time now is the time to fight. Well, what about when I get older, Brother Aaron? What about when I get stronger, stronger in the faith? I'm a history guy, so I've always loved this quote. Patrick Henry. Now let's listen. The colonies seem to face insurmountable odds as the greatest army on earth was on the shores of America. And there were so many people trying to talk the patriots out of fighting. You don't stand a chance. But there was people called to the battle. He says, they tell us, sir, that we are weak. Unable to cope with so formidable an adversary. But when shall we be stronger? Oh, I love that. Will it be next week? Or next year, will it be when we are totally disarmed and when a British guard shall be stationed in every house? Shall we gather strength by inaction? Sir, we are not weak if we make a proper use of those means which God of nature hath placed in our power. Besides, sir, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. Look around. God has raised up a youth group here. It's not for no reason. They're raised up to fight battles with you. They're raised up to overcome with you. They're raised up to stand with you in this evil day. 
oh but I'm surrounded it seems formidable look around there's been an entire nation raised up to stand with you the battle sir is not to the strong alone it is to the vigilant the active the brave there is no retreat in submission and slavery our chains are forged their clanking may be heard on the plains of Boston the war is inevitable and let it come I repeat sir let it come gentlemen may cry peace peace there is no peace the war is already begun our brethren are already in the field why stand we here idle what is it that gentlemen wish what would they have is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery forbid it almighty God I know not what course others may take but as for me brother Daryl give me liberty or give me death or is there a young people tonight that say I don't know what others are gonna do but I will not be bound in chains I will not be drug off a slave to Laodicea I will not be caught here but the battles already waging my brothers are already on the field others are already fighting I'm not gonna stand on the sidelines anymore but tonight I'm raising the standard give me liberty or give me death give me freedom in the Lord or give me death give me all the word or give me death give me the token Lord I've got to have it give me liberty I'm crying out for it Lord I'm charging into the battle I'm going with everything I've got who's he calling to tonight you but I've never fought a day in my life I'm just a new Christian David was in the army five minutes before he killed Goliath well I've never done anything like this before you think he'd ever fought a giant you're called you're chosen it's your moment quit being afraid of your testimony that's who you are do you believe it tonight do you accept it tonight are you part of that New Testament church rising up? You think it's all on gone? No. You think the miracles are done? No. You want to see a miracle? How about young people in 2023 still standing with the word? You want to see a sign? You want to see a wonder? Look around. Look around. There are young people who won't bow. They won't bend. They won't break. They say, give me liberty or give me death. Charge in the battle tonight. Take what's yours. Contend for the faith. It's yours, young people. In the name of Jesus, it's yours.
Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand. I want to be standing by your side, holding your hand to let your kingdom come. Let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my belief. Let the worshipers arise. Let his sons and the daughters sing. I'm surrendering my all. I surrender to the King. I worship you. You 
promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. This is how I fight my battles. 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 It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. 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 Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. Brother Aaron did an outstanding job. And it's building. And it's building. It's building this weekend. Take what it is you have here. Take your experience here and help the older people tomorrow. Okay? Tomorrow morning. Take what it is you have here and bring them encouragement. Brother Aaron brought you encouragement today. What he was saying was Jesus Christ loves you and encourages you. You are his champion. He is a fighter. You are a fighter. He is an overcomer. You are an overcomer because it's him in you. Okay? And he loves you. That's what he put in my heart to tell you right now. Jesus Christ loves you. Okay? And that's what you heard tonight if you recognized it. Okay? I love you too. So is Brother Joe, Brother Daryl. Does it not do our hearts well as older people to see young people worship the Lord? It is so endearing because the biggest thing of older people wanting to share with you our experience is that you can see it. His, his mission today was bring you a picture before you that you could see it, that you could see the experience that he has and how he sees how much God loves you. And so if you see it, it's accomplished because he'll take the rest. And we thank God for it because it encourages older hearts to see younger people. And you have a responsibility tomorrow to encourage the people that you come in contact with tomorrow. Take this with you. All right. God bless you all. We love you. Have a good night. If you're in the battle, keep on the fire.
going to sing a little bit more of that as you guys are preparing to leave. Oh, you must fight, be brave. 